0: This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Earlier this week, the House Select Committee on Economic Disparity and Fairness in Growth hosting a roundtable on companies who employ strategies to invest in their workforce and communities. The goal of these companies is in part to hopefully address the bigger issue of economic disparity. Congressman Jim Himes of Connecticut was the chair of this roundtable, and he joins us to take a look at what they discuss. Congressman, a pleasure to have you with us. Thanks for a few moments.
1: Thanks for having me, Dan.
0: This is obviously a very important topic. It has been for a while, and obviously with what's been going on with the economy in the country, uh, it's getting even more attention right now. So give us a little bit of a uh, synopsis of uh, what was discussed and what you hope may be able to come out of a roundtable like this.
1: Yeah, yeah, and Dan, you're exactly right. You know, it's not – and by the way, it's not just the economy that suffers when you have huge economic disparity, and, you know, obviously that's defined as, you know – uh, a relatively small number of Americans doing really, really, really well and kind of everybody else struggling to either stay in or get into the middle class. It's it's our politics too, right? You know, you get enough Americans who feel like the system isn't working for them and, you know, you can have some pretty crazy politics. But, you know, what we try to do in this roundtable, you know, if you're in Congress or if you're in the government, your natural instinct is to say, well, we should sort of address issues of affordable housing, nutrition, you know, all of those foundational things that allow somebody to climb the ladder, you know, to have the basis from which to To succeed. But you know, the reality is that in terms of actually you know, getting wealthier, having more income, having a career that allows you to advance. Those are things that largely live in the private sector. And so this roundtable was all about trying to look at those models out there, what's actually being done there, not by the government, but by uh, the private sector to provide those opportunities. And Dan, we looked at everything from, you know, fairly straightforward stuff like the fact that, for example, Chipotle and Amazon have instituted a company-wide $15 minimum wage to really cool models around hiring, right? So let me give you one example. Uh, incredible company called Grayson Bakery, just north of New York City. They've got a hiring model where it's first come, first serve, meaning you know, they're not making decisions based on what school you went to or, or other stuff. And, and you know they take care of those employees. And what's remarkable is that under that model, their turnover, uh, their employee turnover has actually been reduced. So what we're trying to do is just highlight those things that are both good for employees but also just plain good business for the companies that have those measures
0: so do you think that these types of mindsets within private sector companies are we at a point now where this is a model that's increasing uh to the point where we're going to see more and more companies address this as we move forward over the next several years
1: you know i i i think so i think um you know if if you think about if i think about my grandparents era the model for thinking about the private sector was that you had kind of management versus labor, right? And if it all went horribly wrong, you had a strike, and it was always conflict. And look, we still have that, no doubt. There are still, you know, there are still strikes. There's still really important reasons why we have labor unions. Um, but more and more businesses coming to understand that if you think that way, you really give up the opportunity to make your employees feel like you've got a stake in your business, and that means higher turnover. It means people who are less enthusiastic about the job. And so I think that that's been changing over time, and especially now, especially now when it's really hard for businesses to find employees, they're thinking outside of the box. It's not just that we're going to move up from $17 an hour to $19 an hour. It's going to be like how do we create the environment where somebody that I succeed in hiring wants to stick around for 10 or 20 years because that's just you know, good for the employee and just great business.
0: So, for companies that are doing this already, uh, what is kind of their business model in, in terms of putting this together? Is this strictly kind of within the realm and the walls of the company, or are they in a partnership with a with another entity outside of their walls?
1: Both, both, right? So, I mean, it's not rocket science, right? It's if you're if you're a business owner, large or small, what are the challenges that your employees face, and how can you help with that, right? So. You know, young women who might be of childbearing age, um, you know, uh, bear the burden of dealing with those children. So can you do an on-site daycare center the way some larger businesses can do? Or can you partner with somebody down the road to provide, you know, convenient and lower-cost child care? Um, You know, pretty much everybody out there would rather have a career than a job, Right. Um, you know, and so are you, are you thinking about that? Are you giving people an opportunity to grow inside your company? That, 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 that's good for everybody. Those are, those are win-wins. Uh,
0: I think the expectation then is that if we see more companies kind of going down this realm and, and companies see that they can still be profitable and, you know, meet their bottom lines and meet their expenses in the process of doing so you use the term win-win that's that's really kind of the ultimate win-win for the company themselves is being able to do something like this and still be you know a a, a successful company
1: that i mean that's exactly right and i mean there's no getting around the fact that you know being more let's use the word progressive i don't mean it in a political sense but being more progressive about your employees it costs money i mean if you're paying higher salaries if you're often if you're offering better benefits if you're offering childcare, yeah it costs money the question is do you make that back right because ask a, ask a business person what it costs what turnover costs them right when you have an employee oh, who. Yeah. Sticks around for four months and then leaves that's a very big cost in training and recruiting and everything else so uh again we get really excited to, to uplift these models that are you know to, if i if i can use a cliche you know doing well by doing good
0: well that turnover story is something that uh, you know was talked about a little bit before the pandemic but really has been heightened over the last three years or so is that cost that a company incurs when they lose an employee, they have to bring a new one in. They have to train that person. It, it, it made me wonder for a while, Congressman, as I've been you know, in this industry uh, you know, of, of journalism for 30 years, it made me wonder why companies didn't do more training and investment in their employees so that they could not only keep that job that they had but potentially move up the ladder within the company. It didn't seem to make sense, and, and to a degree, it feels like companies are kind of re-understanding that at this point.
1: Well, that's right, and there's there's one obvious answer to your question that you hear from the business community sometimes, which is there's always a risk, right? If you invest a huge amount of training in your employees, in their education, in their capabilities, in their technical skills, there's always a risk that you're going to spend that money and make the investment, and then they're, they're going to get poached, right? And that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's always a risk, and you've got to balance that, yeah. right? And there's there's probably ways to address that by you know doing apprenticeship programs that competitors get together to fund, um, you know there's, there's ways to address that but yeah there are, there are reasons why business people worry about doing that kind of investment but you know you also need to factor in the intangibles right we've all had jobs that we hated right I've, I've had a couple um, you know and you just felt like a commodity you felt like you were underappreciated. Um, and then we've had jobs that we loved and think about the difference of an employee who loves their job and feels like they're part of a family right they're solving problems yeah. they're thinking of new products they're thinking about ways to do things better you know you can't you, you, it's hard to quantify those things but the difference between an employee who really feels like part of the family and the employee who just feels like he's punching a clock and you know being abused that's a radically different employee
0: well that's that that brings up that issue of community and and that's something as well uh it has been really i think at top of mind of a lot of companies over the last uh, few years uh is understanding that the the better somebody feels about the job they're doing uh, the more they feel like they are actually making a difference, the better off they're going to feel. And, and, and the chances are they're going to feel like they they can be with that company for a long period of time.
1: Sure. And if you feel I mean, again, if you feel like part of the family, you feel like you got a stake in your employer you're going to find instances of waste, right? Better ways to do things, cheaper yeah. ways to do things because you kind of feel like you're part of the family. If you feel like you're just the, uh, you know, the ugly stepchild or that you're just, you know, the guy that gets paid minimum wage, um, you know, you're probably not going to be thinking creatively and uh, and, and, and in ways that will really help the
0: business. Now, let me throw in one that, that that unfortunately, it, you know, it's kind of the mindset we you've probably heard about. From a generational perspective, younger generations – have kind of felt recently that, you know what, they don't want to think about that first job or that second job long-term. They want to get that three to five years experience and move on. And so that's going to be, the I think, one of the next steps is the understanding from a generational perspective of what 20-somethings, 30-somethings want from their careers as they move forward.
1: Yep, yep. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, I was talking about my grandparents' generation before. I mean, you know, our grandparents' generation, chances are you worked for one company or maybe two companies over your whole uh, professional lifetime. You know, now, yeah, I mean, by the time somebody's 35, they have probably had four or five jobs. And that, that poses some real challenges to the concept of creating a sense of community. Um, And, 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 you know, like you're a valued member of a company. Um, And and that just I mean, I'm not sure there's an answer to that question. We're not going back to the way it was in the 1950s, but it does really put pressure on um, on business leaders, uh, on owners of small businesses to to be creative about uh, about trying to keep those employees and um, uh, you know, uh, that's a, that, that, that's actually good pressure. That's good pressure because, again, you're, you, you know, you, you want to keep those employees and, you know, they want to keep growing. They want to keep learning. And, you know, if they don't feel like they're doing that inside their current job, they're likely to find another one.
0: About a minute left, uh, Congressman. Is there a path then to try and get to a much better level uh, uh, of fairness, uh, of, uh, you know, the level playing field that I think a lot of people would like to see in, in the future?
1: um yeah yeah and you know it's 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 the path that we all understand is important right so you know i'm a member of congress i work in the government um you know like everything like all successes um you know this is going to be a partnership right you know there's a role for the government to make sure that in places of great economic growth you've actually got affordable housing right you know we, we build a lot of affordable housing through low-income housing tax credits and that sort of thing so you know government's role I, I've always viewed is, is in providing the foundation you know the the, the de- you know the the availability of decent housing and that sort of thing you know the availability of health care so that people can actually go to the plant gates or go to the employer and say hey I'm ready to go I'm going to be a great employer, and in exchange, you're going to give me a career path that allows me to prosper.
0: Yeah, Congressman, pleasure to have you with us. Uh, we wish you all the best with this, and uh, it's obviously an important initiative, and uh, hopefully, it'll it'll really uh, grab some uh, teeth here in the next uh, next several years. Thank you, sir.
1: Thank you, Dan. Take care,
0: Congressman Jim Himes of Connecticut.